Hi everyone, uh, welcome back to the Arts Insider podcast. For those of you that remember back in COVID, we, we actually started to trial some podcasting here at the Arts Centre and uh, we thought it was about time that we actually started it again. So over the next um, year, what we're gonna, what you're gonna find on in, on this particular platform is probably three types of things. The first thing is gonna be um, podcast that that will take you through a bit of a behind the scenes look at what happens at the art centre. Now we're, we're very mindful that that will will only appeal at the moment to people who are you sort of you know are they connected in some way whether it be a student whether it be a parent or whether it be members of our team and it's basically the conversations that we have after sessions have finished um or before we 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 go into auditions or shows um and it's basically our way of reflecting and unpacking all of the things that's gone on there the other thing will be uh, sort of individual kind of solo monologues i guess around uh, around some of the decisions that that myself would make uh, as the director of the organization or maybe um the likes of joe or meg or whoever is running projects and they can reflect on their life and their job maybe mike might do something around his job um but it gives you a really personal insight into individuals and the final one will be probably episodes that it is an interview based thing which is um, a look at the, the the sort of arts in its broader context, where we'll be interviewing people who are professionals working in that field, or people who are real champions uh, of the arts in, 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 as I say, in its broadest sense. So that's what you can expect uh, here on the Arts Inter- uh, Insider podcast. Uh, but today we, we we thought, you know, we need to kick this off, and. We thought, what a great time to do it. Today was the very, very first um, exam session of the new year. So we're going to talk uh, for a while about the arts exam. And I'm joined in the studio. It's about 4.38 uh, on a Saturday. And as always, Joe and I are still here talking about what we've done all morning. So welcome, Joe. Hi. Um and I, again, this is, we, we've talked about this, me and you have this conversation or these conversations, mm-hmm. as does some of the other guys. And we thought we've got the means to record it. And why don't we just sit in the studio and record it? So um, what was your, what was your sort of first session back today? You are now, which is great for me, you're here for the Uh, intercession and the advanced session what was your initial response on today's first session the first session for a project like this is really different than the other sessions that we do because for everything else we take the christmas break off whereas for the exam the class pretty much stops after the exam late september early october and then there's pretty much this four month gap between the sessions stopping and them starting again what you get in that is four months is actually quite a long time for people to to change to grow up to evolve in different ways and also it's a real this is a fresh slate for everyone we're all coming in and we're leaving 2022 energy at the door and leaving it in last year so that always really i think quite excites me about the first session back 
for this class. But also, it's a bit of a sonar session, I think. You do some tasks that covertly are there to figure out, okay, this is where you're at when you're coming into the process right now. So maybe that tells us we need to move you from A to B to get you to where we want you to be when it comes to the exam. So it's a good one to kind of get a lay of the land of what is the year going to look like. Um, unfortunately, today, it's it's a pretty promising year from the looks of it. Okay, so it, it, for those of people who are listening that don't understand, what is the difference between the exam show and the other shows that we do? So the, the big musicals um, off the peg, sort of licensed. Parents ask this all the time. They say, what is the difference between the exam? You've you've been in the exam. You've you know you've been through the process. What what is the big difference for the exam? Okay, cool, cool. So for this, there's there's one side of it that this is the this is the show that you walk away not just with experience from, but with a formal qualification. So I know I used um, two of my RSL qualifications to get into drama school. I know people like Emily and Erica have also used the same thing. So by the end of the exam process, you walk away with those graded qualifications. But in terms of how the exam actually runs, it's run pretty much in three sections. So let's take Beauty and the Beast. You've got show day. The thing that's going on that day is you're coming in, you're doing a show, you're going home. Maybe you've got two shows if it's a matinee. Whereas for the exam, you're coming in, doing a show, section one, and then there's still two more things to do that day. So on the Saturday of the exam, everyone's coming in, they're delivering the the show performance, which is what we spend a lot of the rehearsal process working towards. That's the thing that audiences can come in and watch live and see the examiner and watch that exam happen um, face-to-face and in person. And then Later on, once the audience is cleared out, we look at the two other sections. Um, one of those two sections is the technical skills piece, which is sort of like a one-to-one audition with the examiner. RSL, who's our qualification governing body, have said that they designed that part of the exam to feel like a drama school or an industry audition. So you stand up and you deliver either a piece of drama or a song, or a piece of dance in front of the examiner. Finally then, you and the people that you're doing your exam with, sit with the examiner and go through a series of questions, which way, 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 way back when, when we first started the exam, and you know, I was doing grade eight with Megan and Aaron and Abby uh, Bailey, you and I and everyone else, we kind of were a bit unsure how that was gonna go, And I think pretty much straight away after the first exam, you and I and and everyone involved were all saying, ah, that's so much more important than we maybe at first realised because the examiner's using these questions to see, does this performer understand what they've just done? They can maybe be programmed like a robot, great, but do they understand why they've made the decisions they've made on stage? And so... We know, therefore, there's three parts of the exam that everyone's working towards. And so all the Saturday rehearsals that go towards the exam are to prep those three parts. Whether that is we're working on the big ensemble song one week, or we're doing a really theory-based session about answering questions the next, or potentially, like today, we've got a group of advanced class students coming in and presenting an option for their one-to-one audition. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's what I've explained, you know. The, and unless you're in the session, you don't really get it. But like this morning, I, I played a game called Elephant Hunt, which takes me back to being a footballer. And, you know, it, the, the whole point of the game was, was you know, for so, so for some context, basically everyone's at one end of the room. They have to run to the other side of the room along a wall. And I was throwing tennis balls, trying to hit them below the waist. <laughs> and that sounds like why, you know, what, what has that got anything to do with drama at all? But... I suppose the difference in this session is normally we just use that for an element of fun, but today it was like, let's stop. Let's have five minutes to reflect on why we do the things that we do. Um, you know, and, and some of the answers that people come up with when they start to, you know, to, to sort of unpack some of these games are are always, sometimes they, they tell me things that, that I had never even thought at the same time. So so I guess that the whole point is, yeah, we, we don't just do, but we we talk about how we did what we did. We talk about the barriers to those performances. And we talk about why we did the things that we did. And I guess that's the difference between between the exam and, and the other. Um, so today as well, we obviously the, the first day, you've been around since the start. And, mm -hmm. and today we've actually got, uh, everything changes every year. We've got mm -hmm. new faces who come in, which is always a joy. And then we always have people who, who go out. Sometimes they go out because they, they come to the end of the process, as in they run out of road, they finish their grade eight or, or whatever and move on. Um, some people leave because, you know, that they, they have conflicting things on a Saturday or, or whatever. But we had some new faces in the room, didn't we, today? Mm. Um, what, was your, what was your take on, on one or two of those? Well, I mean, one thing that I think I'd be looking for when you've got new faces in the room is like, first of all, it's it's quite a it can be quite a tense experience because the exam class, I think, has has earned itself a reputation, rightly so, as being a really challenging but rewarding space to be in. And so all of a sudden you're entering into that. And so an example that I'd liken it to is the first few weeks that I was at Central, the first few weeks where I started at drama school, you felt felt a bit like an imposter syndrome was creeping in. It's like, ooh, ooh, this is this is new. This is a little bit unknown to me, and that can be a bit nerve wracking. So I think everyone who's in the room today for the first time rightly so feels a bit of nerves feels a bit of tension but at the same time i think what's fair to say that you and i are continuously doing then when they're in the room is looking at how quickly is it from when they come into the room to when they are getting involved in the the challenges that are set from from elephant hunt to really simple circle games to uh, improvisation tasks it's how quickly can you, in a way, jump into the deep end and start getting involved in that learning? Because that feeling of imposter syndrome is something that I think everyone always feels. But the sooner you, you start to combat it by getting involved, I think the sooner it starts to subside. And so watching today, I mean, everyone participated in everything in the classes that we were in. Um, everyone took on the challenge and everyone embraced the fact that there's some things here that we're not necessarily the best at on day one and that is absolutely fine 
and there's space to grow and get better. So no, it was awesome actually to sit and see new faces in the space and see that they all really quickly were willing to get involved. It was also really nice for when it comes to Inter specifically, I'm a new face in that group. Sometimes I, I have in the past come in and, and visited for a day or so, but actually it's really nice to jump into that group and start working with them on a regular basis. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that you you're new. It's like someone said today about, and, and I've said this all week and most of the year is becoming. People need to start becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you were new, even though you're probably the most experienced student in the room or ex student in the room. You you're new to that mm-hmm. session in the day. Caitlin, who who yeah. last year was as comfortable as ever. She was the grade eight. She gets the grade eight. She's now in a in in a teaching well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of coaching, coaching, mentoring capacity. She come in and she was like day one. She said she felt awkward and strange because mm-hmm. it 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 didn't feel the same, you know. And obviously we had Jamie this morning in, yeah. in in and lots of new faces in our in our prelims. So we have three groups, don't we? We've got prelims, which is grades one two and three mm-hmm. we then have inters which is grade four and five and we have the advanced group which is grade six seven and eight and jamie was obviously the new practitioner in that room mm-hmm. um last year obviously led by erica um and jamie he was new mm-hmm. so even though he was you know uh, apart from myself he was the oldest uh, the oldest guy in the building um we shouldn't forget mike actually I was mike, was here, say, mike and, was here and he's definitely the oldest um but jamie was it was his first day as well, mm-hmm. um, so it, it it had that kind of. Even though it's it's not a new process, it had a very new, like first day of school feel, which mm-hmm. was actually really was actually really exciting. Well, can I pick your brain on that? Because so I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine the other day, um, an arts alum, and we were talking about being a practitioner, being a facilitator, and talking about how it isn't maybe as easy as it seems and also that not everyone can necessarily naturally do it. And so I suppose what I'm interested to pick your brain out uh, about a little bit is for you deciding who is in that space as a practitioner, what's that thought process like? Well, I I think personally that any 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 job that you do that involves working with other people and, and moreover working with other people's emotions aspirations um trying to overcome other people's problems takes a fantastic people person so you know you i'll use football as the analogy because it's something i also understand is just because you're a fantastic player doesn't mean you can be a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. And just because you're a fantastic performer doesn't mean you can be a fantastic practitioner. It it just, it's like being a, a plumber and a builder. Mm. It's, it's two different skill sets completely. So I always think that, that really good practitioners are, are people who ultimately practitioners are leaders mm-hmm. and leaders that the, 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 the the thing that all leaders need, everyone will always say things like they need empathy and they need they need to be patient and they need to be dynamic and, and all those things are true. But actually, the one thing that all leaders need is followers. And 
so for me, it's it's people who who other people gravitate towards, people who follow, mm-hmm. um, or or people someone who people will follow, and I think the practitioners, particularly at the young at the younger end, are always people first and foremost who are really really warm, mm-hmm. um, good energy, mm-hmm. kind, you know people who genuinely care and i think mm. i think that it's a bit different when you're working with much much older if you if you're doing things like university lecturers mm. and that kind of thing you're paying for knowledge there yeah. you don't necessarily need them to be a, a fantastic human being you couldn't really care less mm. so long as they know the not the knowledge but i think yeah. for for practitioners particularly here it's it's about you know are your intentions right are you a good human being um you know, are you passionate about people's development? And I think Jamie, you know, he's been here now for five years, I guess, um, as a parent and as a volunteer. He's not, you know, he's he is a fantastic performer, as we've seen in, in the stuff he's done. But I, I just think, by and large, he's just a really good human being. Yeah. Um, and I, I want kids to come and 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 enjoy being in that room, mm. and you know, I think that he does that, and I think. Mm-hmm. That for me is 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 yeah is first of all pick the leaders and then w- worry about the other things. Um. So so yeah you know and, and the same for Caitlin you know C- Caitlin mm-hmm. she I think the, the thing to discern is that she's not there to teach. No. And I think that's hard. You'll remember this because you you've you've done that when you've gone from being a student and all of a sudden you feel this kind of pressure to to adopt a new voice and to mm-hmm. to try and become a teacher and. And it's it, it always seems for me looking on sometimes it can it can look a little clumsy and mm-hmm. it, it all seems a little cringy, because actually you don't need to change at all. No, yeah, you don't need to change in any way, shape, or form, because what's got you to the position that you're in is is just by by being by being you. And, mm-hmm. and I certainly these people are not. Jamie's slightly different because he, he's mm-hmm. in the leadership role. Like the book stops with him. Um, but but Caitlin, yeah, she's she's transitioning into a more of a more of a mentor coaching mm-hmm. role, and and she can actually say, I've I've been there and done that. Yeah. Um. So, at the start of of this this year, one of the things I've said um, in the whole year, I, I've said about we we need to drive the standards back to you know, I think a lot of things have been sliding a little bit like small stuff not 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 huge things but small right. stuff you know it's attendance and what people wear and the conversations people have the concentration just small things and i said we we wanted to try and get back to it's, it's, it's not creating sort of new but but back to maybe where it was pre-covid mm-hmm. i think covid has played a massive part in that um and we talked about some of the the small details um you know th- th- that make a big difference what 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 are some of the things that we've we've discussed what have we talked about in terms of the small stuff and why does the small stuff make ma- such a big difference i will straight out of out of the start you've got things particularly for this class like come in prepared with your script with your pencil with your notebook wearing stuff that you can not just genuinely moving but wearing stuff that makes you feel like you can work and operate as an impressive young performer and 
And in all of that, all of the prep work that happens before you even reach the door, I think what you're setting up is the foundations of of a successful day. So, you know, I I liken it to, for instance, in the class, we're doing a lot of setup. We've presented everyone today with a script. There's 162 pages in the advanced script, for instance. That doesn't just happen in the half hour before the session starts. It's well in advance. But what it means is, because that script's ready and it's there, we're not half hour before the session printing off lyrics to to scramble together something that we need. Everything for the next nine months for every group is in place when it comes to having that resource. Inevitably, that's going to make it easier for those songs to be picked up. Same thing for coming getting ready to take down that vital note that you might use answering a question in nine months in the exam. Same thing for coming and wearing something that if you've got a guest practitioner in that day who you didn't know about, who's going to do a jazz movement piece, you can participate in it and not just participate in it, but show up and be, I can smash this. I can do this to the best of my ability because I've not got a subconscious thought or anxiety around I don't know if I can move properly in these genes, which might not seem like it manifests, but I 100% think does end up manifesting in the performer, in the person. Do you know what though? We, we, I think the issue that we have here is we hear so much from the students about school mm. and about how how school strips, largely strips away their, their um, I don't want to use the word right, but but the you know um, things to be expressive, mm. you know, have the hair a certain colour, like wear, wear you know jewellery of a certain kind. Mm. I don't mean things that are massively over the top, but things that actually just just make them who they are. Mm-hmm. I'm a great believer in that. I don't believe that we we should be going down this massively kind of um, you know everyone has to be the same. Mm. I get there's a point mm-hmm. to it, but I think sometimes. They, they want to rebel against that. So here is not school, and we, we say that a lot, but it mm-hmm. is a place of, of education. First and foremost, it's a place of education and learning. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying you have... We don't want to go down the line of you all have a uniform. No. Because in the creative space, trying to put everybody the same mm-hmm. is, is already going against people's desire to be individual, and that's what, that's what we want to encourage. Mm-hmm. But you... Turning up in pajamas, and pajamas. We, you know, it isn't just this lot. Like we, people have been doing pajamas here mm. for, for ever since we opened. And I am, I'm always conflicted because, like, I love the fact that people feel so comfortable, so comfortable mm. here that they can literally wear th- the things they wear for bed. Mm-hmm. And I, part of me likes that. Part of me really likes the fact that that people are in that in that headspace. But it's so not productive. No. Because people are, they're winding down. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not ready to, you, you don't go to bed and start trying to, you know, you don't go to bed in all your gym gear. You use the, mm-hmm. you, you get ready to go to the gym. Yeah. You, you don't go to the gym in your pajamas because you're going to, 
you're going to to work and and it's mm. the same it's the same here so it, we, we do that that fine line we don't want to say oh, it's a uniform but it's like it's got to be something that your your headspace tells you this is for performance mm -hmm. and it is a fine i think it is a fine line well here's do you know what i've got a, a story that i used to kind of process this in my head and it's we've seen you've seen more than me people who off stage are the shyest individuals who walk this earth but then get on stage and they could not be more big loud and bold Aaron Ormish is probably a good example in his early days. You know, Aaron really comfortably talks about the fact that as a kid and as a teenager, he had a speech impediment, which he didn't have on stage. There was something about performing a role that took that nerve away. And maybe in an exam class or maybe in any other rehearsal, maybe you're not the most um, comfortable in the room. That's absolutely fine. No one's going to be the most comfortable person in the room. But by performing the role of performer, being dressed ready to take on a, a rehearsal, that, I think, absolutely moves you closer towards that role that you want to be. A capable, confident, impressive performer. And as a result, impressive human being. Um, but turning the page completely now onto a focus of some of the stuff that went on as well in the room today. And I'm, of course, talking about one of the things that I absolutely live for when it comes to the exam. The song choices. The song choice reveal. And, you know, I want to just get your thoughts on the method behind what probably people think is madness there. Because... You know, it's not just we've gone through our Spotify wrapped at the end of the year and gone, oh, well, let's just do this because it's a banger. I, I think, yeah, just, just going back to it, to what you said before about today's reveal on the songs is our way of being a little bit more proactive and a little bit more organised is we've always done the big song reveal and mm. scripts for advanced because I remember you saying that, that it's the one thing that you wanted when you were doing mm -hmm. it, and you've always made that happen. I think this year, to be able to do that for Inters and the, the prelims as well was, was fantastic. It was, mm. Now we all, we can see what the, year, the year is. But yeah, I mean, the way we choose songs is there is a real art to it. Um, the real art to it, because what we know is, what we're trying to show in the exam is... Um, we're trying to show a, a, a plethora of skills, so we don't want a load of songs that you know. We want we want students to be challenged, so mm. we want songs that are really upbeat, high energy. But that is only that is only a bit of it. You know, mm -hmm. we want then something that's really slow, really mundane, really uh, in terms of its energy. We want something emotional, and the best way I can describe it is like it's like an orchestra. Mm -hmm. So when you look at an orchestra, or even make it a little smaller, maybe look at maybe look at a, a, a drum kit. You you have a, a drum that that makes a big loud, you know, crash and a like the cymbal, like it's there for dramatic effect. You have something slow and mm -hmm. and deep and sort of moving, which is the bass drum. You know, and the idea is that we've got to select uh, we've got to select a, a variety of songs 
that basically tick all of the boxes that are um that are you know drums in the drum kit mm -hmm. so you know i know when we talked about the let's take the the the, the big female vehicles so a song that that is really there to champion big female singers there is so many fantastic songs in in musical theater both from the classic sort of period all the way through to these modern day songs there is always that there is always that but you can't have you can't have seven or eight of those mm. if you're trying to pick you know 10 10 songs or 15 songs you can only ha have really one of those because that mm. ticks the box for big female vehicle so then it's like you know music um physical theater something that's that's designed with a lot of contact in mind maybe some throwing and carrying and something that lends itself to lifts a lot then you might have something that's very symbolic you know so we can really get into the the, the nitty-gritty of the context um you know there might be something that's really dance-based that that is a song that you cannot do without mm. dance mm -hmm. um so all of these all of these things are factored in you know if you've got boys so we're our inters group are girls it's you know, 15 or 14 girls, which is the first time that's happened. We've always had a boy, you know, the, one of the lads in there, but now it's all girls. So you're picking songs that that suit a group of, of you know, young girls. Yeah. But our our advanced group has has four really strong boys. And again, we, we want we want something that champions the boys, something that champions the girls, something that champions girls and boys, and maybe something that champions no gender at all, you know? So I think we're doing one from The Lion King, which is mm -hmm. in itself is like, you know, does it does it um, showcase to the examiner mm -hmm. something really, really different? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I know you particularly have, you know, let's take the advanced, you have, I don't know, 25 songs that you that you say must go in they have to go in like i, I i'm not I, I can't see a show with this not being in but then you recognize that you can't have them all i mean it's it's 20 at the most <laughs> and then you got caitlin on board so so the process works a little bit like you and caitlin sat with me and and it was like uh it felt like something out of like bargain hunt where you you would put one up for sale and I would I would either buy it or or I would reject it. Feel like it was more Dragon's Den, <laughs> if I'm honest. But yeah, maybe, maybe. There's a personal thing there of who can win, me or Caitlin, who can get the most songs in the show. No, um... and I think you're you're you know you're famous for for the epics, what I call the epics. you know songs that are above a certain amount of time, you know. And I think there was one where you said. This has to go in, and it, I think it was the the opening song of the show, which is mm. uh, "Hope I Hope mm. I Get It" from Chorus Line, which I think is about well eight nine minutes. You're around that mark, nine yeah. minutes, and then you said um, that what you felt was a winner straight off the bat, which is again when we pick songs, it's picking a song that we know people are really going to get behind. So mm -hmm. beautiful from Heather's, yeah, that was in that eight eight, eight and minutes. A half. And then yeah. you talked about another song from a, a, a musical called The Clockmaker's Daughter, uh -huh. which you had me listen to, which was, was f again, an amazing song. But it was like, Joe, this is 11 minutes. So you've now got three songs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that were taking up for, uh, 20, 20 minutes, 
which is actually half of the content. So, so you know, my job is, I guess, to play a little bit of devil's advocate. And 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 I felt like I had two kids in the in the pick and mix who wanted one of everything. In our defence, later on that day when you you left the coffee shop and Caitlin and I were looking for some proposals for the missing song, we were trying to fill the final gap. And we were going through all different musicals and found one that we absolutely loved. We were were adoring it, loved it for its style, and then looked at the length of the song. And it was 15 minutes to which we both at the same time kind of let out a, ah! And put and slammed the iPad down and and, and just shut the whole concept down. They would hate, they would have hated you for that. I know. I can imagine their faces. Abby particularly, I can just imagine her face. Um, But, but yeah, I want to, uh, I want to ask you in a minute. You're, I just want mm-hmm. you to pick out a couple mm-hmm. of songs that, that, that you know, and and give us, you know, why are you excited about them? But I, I said this morning, didn't I, about the annoying comment? I, I said about oh yeah. One of the things I said this morning to everyone, and I've said this a few for a few years, is for them to trust the process. Like trust the process. It's like look, we, we've put nearly 150 students through this exam. Every single one of them has passed with um, merit or distinction. We've had a couple of passes, but they've been, in context, as good as distinctions for the Mm. circumstances Mm -hmm. that those particular kids had. So, you know, we know what we're doing. Sometimes we ask you to do things that you don't quite understand, um, but but it is all building towards, towards building the right skills or showcasing the right skills. Um, And I said to the guys this morning, the advanced lot, because I heard one of them say the other day, in fact, I heard a couple of them say, I hope we get good songs. And I said, that is the most annoying comment because it's like, you know, they're questioning our ability to find mm-hmm. good songs for them. And as I say, we've never failed to do that yet. Um, but it, it was it was clear actually today that, that most of them, mm-hmm. in fact, nearly all of them, there was some... There were some uh, some happy faces in the room based on the content. G- give us a couple of songs from 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 the um, uh, at the advanced list. Give it. Give us a couple that you've that you absolutely can't wait for. And, and why why did you want to get them in? For me, in the advanced class, I mean, it's quite tricky to pick because I think you look at the list and I honestly think it's the strongest lineup we've put together. If I was to pick two out. The first one for me is Shut Up and Raise Your Glass from the musical version of Moulin Rouge. We've never taken on a jukebox musical song in the exam before. So a song in a musical that uses pop music to tell the story. The other one, it's absolutely got to be It's Going Down from Descendants 2, which me and Caitlin, like... I remember we sat in the same day where we found the 15-minute song. We eventually realized it was like a light bulb moment, and I ran into the kitchen in the coffee shop, and I was like, Caitlin, I've got it. I've got the one. And as soon as she heard it, she was like, oh, this is the one. And our one overriding thought was, when we pitch this to Mark, he's potentially going to absolutely hate it. And we're getting kiboshed out of the exam. Moreover, our bigger concern maybe was when we pitch this to the exam, they're either going to love it or we're going to get cancelled in that space. So it was really nice actually today to hear it be 
a lot of people's like, oh, this is the one I'm most excited for. So I'm so excited to also explore that style. But what about you in that class? Which of the advanced songs are you really stand out excited for? Well, before I answer that, I, I want to. I just wanted to go back to that song, that did mm, Descendant mm-hmm. song, because previously we talked about picking. Uh, you asked me about picking songs, and maybe the one thing I missed out was we we, we pick songs based on the cohort. Mm, mm-hmm. So we, we pick, we look at the cohort and go, right, what what have we got here? You know, what what yeah. have we got? And last year we did a load of hip hop. Mm-hmm. rap type stuff because we did Lin Manuel so a lot of it was that and some of the the girls and the guys but girls particularly they, they some of them really excelled in that in mm-hmm. that uh, genre and it was interesting that you you pitched that song to me with two people in mind mm-hmm. and you know it's not a secret that we we pick songs with with kids in mind it doesn't always transpire that way sometimes people surprise us like uh-huh. like Holly Hunter last year with with um with Burn, you mm-hmm. know that was amazing. Like she, she, and and live uh, Fairclough as Aaron Bear. I mean, yeah. who'd have thought that? You know. So sometimes people do, and we always we always bend and we shape. But the two people that you had in mind for that song, um, as a bit of a first thought, were those two kids, mm-hmm. Holly Hunter and and, and Live Fairclough, and them two this morning you thought was either going to love or hate it. Both of them were the, that was the song that both of them picked out yeah. as songs that they've, they've loved ever since they were little. Mm-hmm. And and that therefore gives you a sense of, we are kind of good at picking songs and knowing the students mm-hmm. and knowing their, their, their style and everything else. So that'll be interesting to see whether that, that transpires. But, but I just thought that was worth mentioning. Um, me, two songs in the advanced. Uh, the first one is, is a song called Murder Murder from mm. Jekyll and Hyde. Um, it, it, it's the song which I felt we were missing, which was something really intense, quick paced and intense where the emotion is, is more, um, it's quite a negative emotion, but it's, it's more frantic. And it's more um, deep and dark. And young, young people love this type of stuff. There has to be one. I go back to In when mm-hmm. we did Carrie. Yeah. Um, and it's the song that, it's not, a, it's not a nice topic. It's called Murder Murder, for God's mm-hmm. sake. It's not a nice topic, but it, it's young people love those, those types of songs. Um, it's very complex. It's very, very quick. Um, but I like the idea. I can see that. I think I think they'll enjoy that. Um, and the other one is probably "Welcome to the Rock" from "Come From Away." Mm-hmm. Um, it's a song I love. Um, I, I don't know why. To be honest, I don't know why I I love it. It's, it's like the opening. It's the opening song of the show. But we've got it coming towards the end. But I think it works as a finale as well. It has a yeah. a big sort of rousing end. But the reason it's in there, I think, is because we we want to do characters and mm-hmm. nobody in our cast can relate to these characters in the way that they, none of them have got a starting point. Yeah. Um, so it's about accent work. It's about characterization. And it's also come from a way as very um, Brecht where it's very multi-role and it's done with a very simple set. So mm-hmm. that's very exam. And I think that, that for me would be, would be the two. Although I agree, there's so many in there that, that I'm excited Absolutely. to explore. Okay, so let's do Inters then. What's the one? The Inters have got some. F- is a fantastic um, list of songs. 
what's the one that that sticks out to you well for me it's probably it's the opening from legally blonde it's oh my god you guys and i think that's because you know this year we'll be working together in that inters group and so i'm thinking in my head about stuff that i'm really excited to potentially try and take a bit of a lead on and as a show legally blonde is one that i'm really directorially quite interested and fascinated in at the moment that one is one that really excites me in the inters list but as you've said it's such a strong lineup and you with that you it's it's the it's it's the opening of yeah. Legally Blonde, isn't yeah. it? So it, it, it and it is our the opening song of our inters list. My, mine is probably Quiet Uptown, mm-hmm. um, and I don't normally, you know, look at songs and co- copy something I've seen, but I, I seen a version of this song done by um, a group of of young girls, and I mean young girls. I'm talking, you know, somewhere between uh, eleven and fourteen, mm. and. Um, it, it's by a company called Stagebox, I think, and they did a version of this. Mm. It's not a song that you would you would associate with young girls, you know, but it's so it's so symbolic and beautiful the way it's done. And we actually showed it this morning to the to the group, and and some of them were a bit awestruck, I think, mm. by it, and 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 that was great. So it's such an int- I like the exam because if you if you did Hamilton as a show. You wouldn't be using young girls to do it anyway. Not at all. You know, so the fact that we can take a song like that and we can share it out between young girls hmm. and get them to explore that style, I think is is great. And if I can have one more, it'd be the finale because hmm. this is designed for young girls, which is which is the finale from Six. Yeah. Um, Six the musical. It's not. Um, I I got into listening to it because I said to you, didn't I? Something you've been to see it, but it was yeah, like something's so got to be in here from six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember coming to you, going, "Right, I've heard the the finale, and you know, it's become my guilty pleasure." I think mm-hmm. that, that that finale from that mm-hmm. show. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, six would be would be the other one. Um, so just going on to something else from today we, we talked about self-reflection so yeah. i was asking everyone to start the session both sessions by saying to kids what do you what do you want to get out mm-hmm. of of the year or moreover like what what specifically have you cited as as an area you would like to um you know develop and, and one of the things that, that people kept saying is become more confident and I hate this phrase of become more confident. I don't necessarily hate it when someone says it about themselves, but I hate it when when practitioners or teachers or or anybody turns around to a young person and says, just be more confident. Mm-hmm. Because it's so ab- abstract. It, you, it, it's not specific enough. Confidence is linked to a million things. And just saying that is not helpful. So I was I was trying to get onto that this morning to actually reverse that question. So for example, someone said, I want to be be more com what was I more confident? And then mentioned research. So doing your research, doing your homework, having a much clearer picture of the thing that you're going to do inadvertently makes you more confident. Mm-hmm. Or the other thing about confidence is we're so bothered about what other people think about 
what we do. We're frightened of the judgment and the criticism. When actually you can't control other people's opinion. So that's an actionable thing. Start to become or try to become less interested in other people's opinion. And in turn, that makes you more confident. Mm. So there were some really good points this morning where students had kind of cited something that they um, they would like to do better. So my, my question is twofold to you. Was there anything that you that you heard today which you felt, you know, that's good? Um, and the other question would be, what are you what, what you know what what is your thing because we obviously ask ourselves these questions and what what was your thing where you were like oh this is this is what i want to work on or develop this year yeah cool so there was one that stood out for me and that was that someone mentioned about putting themselves more in the group getting more involved in the group and i really did like this because for me like I use the word tribe a lot at the minute. It's probably my word of, of the month slash year at the minute. But it is that thing of everyone in this exam and everyone in the advanced, the prelims, the interests, their own, their own little groups, their own little teams are working together. They're working to make the exam a success for each other. And it's maybe one of the few exams that anyone would ever sit where if you don't show up on the day, everyone else suffers, not just you. You do a chemistry test and you don't show up on the day, that's just on you. For this, if one person lets the team down, the whole team fails. Um, so I really liked that idea of being more in the group. But at the same time, you know, that in my head doesn't mean I'm going to go from maybe being someone who's quieter in the group to the loudest most high energy person, the most expressive person. Because there's a difference, I think, between being confident or feeling confident and being extroverted and expressive and energized. That might be how some people demonstrate their confidence. But like I always think of someone like a Megan Megan Hogarth, who when she was in seniors, probably one of the quietest people in the room, but my God was she confident. She was one of the most confident people I think have ever walked through the center. And that confidence was a quiet confidence. So it was more of an assurance, wasn't it? Like yeah. You're, quite, you're assured. You're, you're not relying on other people for, you know, you're not drawing, like you have to have someone tell you that you're great in order for you. Mm -hmm. She was just, yeah, quietly go about your business. Yeah. So that notion, that concept of you don't need to be the loudest voice in the room to be confident and being in the group doesn't mean you suddenly have to be a different person. But I do really like the idea of, you know, making an effort to be a part of that team, be a part of that tribe. The one for me that was my kind of goal for the year, a challenge I wanted to set myself was, I mean, it's a little bit twofold. I'll jump a little bit further ahead and then I'll scale a little bit back. The first one is I'm looking a lot around how we utilize sheet music this year in the exam. We equip all of the advanced class and the inters class with sheet music that they can use. There's uh, so much information in that text. It's much more than just having a copy of the lyrics on the page. And so it's how can I, as a practitioner in the room, 
share that understanding of how to get information out of the page and also so that we all overcome maybe a bit of a fear of sheet music that non-musicians have like it's this sacred thing that we kind of can't touch because we don't understand it as well as someone who plays the violin um but the other one for me the other really big one is i'm here at the center for half of the week and i'm also still at drama school for the other half of the week so it's the challenge of managing and balancing those two big institutions and being organized and prepared so that, you know, I don't end up on the wrong train going to Aberdeen one day. And that, I think, brings us on to another thing around being organized and the biggest enemy to organization, I guess, being procrastination, which I know you have quite a strong view on so just tell us a little bit about what's the problem with procrastination maybe and also maybe how do we beat it yeah i mean it is becoming uh, when i look back to last year i think a lot of people uh, the, the biggest bugbear and again rather than saying things like we need to be better or we need to be more organized mm -hmm. they're just too big and abstract uh, statements to actually resonate with mm -hmm. anybody but I think it does come down to procrastination. And young people these days, no, in fact, let me rephrase that. People these days all have, um, the, you know, the, the biggest bugbear I have is, is that you know, people who use their phone a lot. Mm -hmm. And their phone that is, that is having such an impact on their lives, even when they don't even know it, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, spending so we, we've got so many things vowing for our attention you know we sit here and we've got you know we used to turn on the tv mm. and there was a series of channels you could watch now it's like amazon prime netflix mm -hmm. apple T apple tv um you know youtube TikTok, snapchat mm -hmm. facebook twitter instagram linkedin you know everything is vowing for our attention and Often people will blame blame the apps. It's their fault. You know? mm -hmm. But nobody is. They're designed for that reason. They're designed yeah. to draw you in. But we we have to be a little bit more resistant to that. We we look look at things when it's it's good for us to do so. So, and and you you mentioned about about coming from London to and fro. And I always say this: like if you if you had to make a plan. So for example, you know you you had to get to london you have to factor a load of things in you've mm -hmm. got to think about what time you're getting up what how you get into the train station what train are you getting on how are you getting from london train station to to where you're going there's seven or eight steps to the plan and you have to have the plan before you go anywhere mm -hmm. far too many people um i think even go back to last year and the students tell you this like they're not they're not making a plan they're doing no. things so reactively when it's too late so you you've set them a task um for today which was a four-week task and you asked them to prepare a skills test song for four weeks time not a song uh, a skills test it was either a dance a monologue or a, um, or a song and they had to choose it and they had to present it today now in my head and i told them this today there's four things you can do the first thing is, and even if you wanted to spend, a, you've got four weeks, so spread it out. The plan is choose in week one. So based on research, based on your ability, based on your personal preferences, based on suggestions from other people, 
choose what you're going to do. The second bit, step two, is to rehearse. Mm -hmm. So rehearse it, practice it, make mistakes, play with it, you know, take it out of its box and build it and then break it down again and build it again, you know. But the rehearsal process, everything that goes with that. Step three was feedback. Present it to someone, anyone. Use your your social network to get as much feedback as you can mm -hmm. from friends, from family, from from strangers, from singing teachers, from school, whatever. So you've you've now had three weeks. You've chose, you've rehearsed, you've got feedback. The final week would be based on um you, you know, polishing it up. So taking feedback, polishing it, revising it, you know, what Stephen Covey would call sharpening the saw. Just using that that last week to refine. But that's not what happened. And we know it. And they told us that today. It's not mm -hmm. what happened. What happened is some of them waited till week four. And they had to choose, rehearse. They didn't have time to present feedback and they didn't have time to sharpen. So today, what you got was they've all had four weeks, but some of them have only used three or four days of those those four weeks. Some of them chose in week one. And I think some of those pieces today were much further down the track mm -hmm. for the reasons we've just mentioned. And this is not... So, so one of the things where I'm trying to... You can't just say to people, don't procrastinate. Be better at this. You can't just say that. You've got to give them the tools in order to, to um, you know, structure their plan yeah. better. Um, so, and that's not just choosing a song in this task context. It's it's life. Yeah. It's, it's break things down into smaller pieces. Be really disciplined on those things. Give them tools like saying to people, turn your phone off when you're doing your rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So it isn't, go and put it in another room. Even if it's if it's off and it's sat on the side, it's still, dis it's still vowing for your attention, mm -hmm. you know. And, and they're the things, I think, that not just young people can be better at, but, but society can be better yeah. at. So I think, yeah, that one of the big, big bugbears to... Um, to to development and success and learning it is this absolute epidemic of of mm. procrastination mm -hmm. um so so yeah that would be that would be my thing and and again today we we asked we asked students about reflecting on so they all performed and you were talking about building a cult like trying to build a culture and we were trying we trying to do that today about trying to be more positive, like we can all define ourselves or, or each other on things that we don't like. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like you just be, you, so it's like this zero sum game. Mm -hmm. you, you know, if you lose, I've won, or if I win, you have to lose. And actually that's not always the case. So today I asked people to comment on each other's performance, but ask them to positively comment. Not, we can all find criticism. That's just dead easy. Yeah. But can we, can we, specifically say what we felt was good because saying that was great that mm. or you you know you you smash that is not specific enough no. and and thus i don't know how to make that any better uh -huh. because you've just told me i smashed it so in my head that's amazing and it's 
So we were trying to be specific, like the way you use the space was good or, you know, the way that you recovered from a mistake was good or that kind of thing. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that kind of praise, you know, if we're giving praise, we've got to be specific Mm -hmm. um, because that allows people to connect with the thing that that was actually, Mm -hmm. was actually good. Um, And I mean, in that, you know, one thing that really stood out for me today, and let's not mask this up for anything that it wasn't, let's not try and disguise what this was, was when you turned around and said to people, right, who's got something to say, something good to say about such and such a person? There was times today when the room was quiet and... And a hundred percent, everyone's feeling a, oh, that's a bit awkward, and the the silence says a lot. the The silence in the room when it's an opportunity to celebrate people tells us a hell of a lot about how we have to shift the energy, the vibe, the culture of the room over the next nine months. So it's not a, I can only win by ripping the rest of you down it's actually we can all win together but 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 that's interesting that that you're right that that was the case but i don't i don't for one second believe that it's because nobody could think of something positive absolutely to say. not no but saying something positive for the sake of saying something positive mm-hmm. is actually empty anyway mm-hmm. so to actually be specific on it you know, mm-hmm. if I said to you, you look great, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What looks great? Is it your, is it the hair? Is it, is it the clothes? Is it, is it, you know, is it the skin? I don't know. Like, be yeah. specific. And and that was what I think people were starting to adjust to. But then uh-huh. once they really, once they tried with that, some of the feedback was, was great. Mm-hmm. And they, they can then see what is what they could do to their own performance, mm-hmm. which which might have a similar impact. Mm-hmm. The the other thing we, we talked about was um was another bugbear of mine mm. w- with young people, which was in fact, again, this is maybe more young people, but actually we know we're in these ourselves and they are a bugbear, was group chats. Ah. Yeah. Uh, now I your your uni fell off your chair when I said we need to set up a group chat mm. because you know sometimes my disdain with group chats and the toxic nature actually of Uh group chats where it's not actually group chats it's it's group gossip group gossip rooms and all that and we set up one for the exam but we also set up one for all of our other sessions because we know that young people use their phone Mm -hmm. a lot but we wanted to to have a place where we can we can just talk and discuss we can give feedback. We can we can give positive or uh, positive um, reinforcement on things, and just have a place where we we mm-hmm. we we can share those ideas. But specifically to not an art one, mm-hmm. but a inters exam, yeah, or a battle of bow or frozen or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so we've done that today, um, which I'd give Jesse Parry the the. Um, the, the, the sort of chance to do that or uh-huh. not the chance she didn't even have a choice um 
but she she was great at, at doing that. And Ben yeah. Chain's done it. And uh, Ethan for, Butler uh, is my frozen group chat amazing. correspondent, yeah. which is great because I actually think that group chats technology is not is not the enemy. No, no. it's not the enemy. It's it's with the way we interact with the technology. Mm-hmm. And I I am, you know, I'm already today. People sharing videos, mm-hmm. people sharing, answering questions. The group are asking questions, and the, the other group are are answering it. And that that's a really nice. I think that's a really nice new thing that we're uh-huh. that we're introducing. I think this year. Well, I think it's it reminds me of the fact that you can you can be a person who the only experience of group chats that you have is that they are spaces for gossip. They are clicky. And they're nasty. And then you can come here and realize, oh, there's a different way. There's a different way to use these things, which is uplifting and inspiring and supportive. And so then, in 10 years, when you're in a completely different circumstance, you can use the better way, the more uplifting way. I think there's a real value to flipping the use of group chats on its head and using it for all of the good reasons, not not the bad ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I went home after Wednesday night. We did it for Battle of Boat, and there were some lovely things people were just saying about each other. You know, yeah. People are like, Jesse, again, like putting things in. I know Emily Tomlinson had put in quote of the week, and it was such mm. a great quote, you know, but it was relevant to... It was just a little bit of positivity. It wasn't, it, you know... It's just a little bit of if you are going to interact with your phone late at night, how much better is it that it's it's people talking about something positive rather than someone having a go at you or having a go at somebody else? Probably to finish off, then you know I've asked students today about their personal challenge. What are the things like setting some goals um, for the year and what they would like to accomplish by the end of it? What that question you never we, we never actually answered these ourselves so what would mm. what would be yours what what is the thing that you're you know at the end of the year in your involvement in the exam or just involvement in general of the sense of what what is the thing that you are trying to trying to get better at well a lot of it for me i know i mentioned earlier the idea that there's this thing of kind of balance in both worlds being here at the center half of the week and then being down in London at Central the other half of the week. A lot of people, when I've spoken to them about that, have encountered it with a, oh, that, that's, you, you're crazy. You know, that, that's so challenging, or this, that, or the other. To which I'm like, yeah, that's, it's cool. Like, good, there's a challenge. Yeah, awesome. Let there be a challenge. Let something be challenging. And... I mean, I look at it and I go, I was listening to something actually the other day, an interview with a choreographer. And she was talking about the way that she trains superstars, people like Lady Gaga, um, who was one of her famous clients, is to work from the position of you can already live your dream. So for someone who naively maybe sets up their dream as I want to be on the West End or Broadway or Hollywood, it's like, okay, so you want the fame. 
because that's why you've chosen that scale. Whereas if the dream is, I want to be an actress or a singer, or in my case, a, a director, actor, trainer in, in youth theatre, then the scale it's a lot less important. Someone who lo- if someone loves singing, then they'd love singing if they were on the West End, if they were on X Factor, or if they were in a in a local pub. If they love singing, then that shouldn't change. And so, my my kind of approach to the year is my dream job, so to speak, would be would involve a good amount of travel, would involve staying involved very much here and be doing directing work and actor training work here it would involve continuing to keep my network fresh by connecting with other institutions and it would involve continuing to learn and to be frank that is what all of the oh you're crazy it's so challenging year ahead has got in it so i'm really lucky actually i get to pretty much do all my dream stuff right now and approach it from what if you got to live your dream right now the the kind of personal ambition for me therefore with a lot of our classes sessions particularly the exam class is to share the opportunity for that logic is who of you here has the dream of being a performer well what we're doing right now is performing, is rehearsing and training and performing. So this is maybe the dream stuff. The scale may change, whatever, but this is the dream stuff. So let's recognize that we get to all live our best lives and do the stuff that we really want to do. Um, it's maybe, yeah, it's a lot about raising, I think, the awareness of, of how bloody awesome it is that we can all do that yeah i think what you're talking about there is like living in the moment like mm. you know mm-hmm. not not planning five six ten years in in the future and just living like like you say that the best life is right now mm-hmm. i think that's a, if, if you can get yourself into that position it's a mm. it's, it's, it's a really healthy good place to be for me so so this year for me is i, I said at the start and it, and it is an abstract thing about raising standards um because i've always been someone that that's I've always said that the I can only do things one way, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's you know I can't I can't do something that is that I know is average. Mm. I'm okay with the average if the metric is is there. So for example, if I if I was running a football team, for example, which I did do years ago, I ran a football team, and if if we you know, we had players in our team that weren't weren't good enough, but they were all trying their best and they were all training mm. and working really hard and we didn't finish top of the league. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. My point was making sure that everyone is fulfilling their potential by doing the things that that help with that. But it's easy for me to sit there and say that to other people. Mm-hmm. What I What I said this year was, to look at myself mm-hmm. and what can I do personally to make sure that that I am being the best version of myself. Um, and again, you know, people do this quite a lot. One of the things I've, I've done this year was to look at about optimizing my own performance. So that in, involved um, doing less things that's bad for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, alcohol, for example, 
by no means uh, an alcoholic, but but someone who who like you know likes having a beer and yeah, constantly yeah. doing that, and it becomes a little bit like that becomes you know you're doing that more than you're not. So to to stop doing that um, and not not becoming a complete teetotal, but massively reduce. Um, so I've not had a drink of anything since since um, December, which is great. And then my nutrition as well, like looking at nutrition, I became fascinated by that. So you were talking about sheet music and mm -hmm. something a bit more technical. I just became fascinated with nutrition. Um, and only because I wanted to see whether whether having a better diet would optimize my performance. Mm -hmm. So so to do less of the things that's bad for me and much more of the things that are good for me. Um, so I can actually say, I am raising my own standards. Mm -hmm. I'm very mindful that I don't want to become this like virtue signaling kind of, look what I've done. Yeah. You know, I can do, because there's too many people that do that. It's like, people have been eating really healthy for years and haven't mentioned it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that they, you know, people have, have done those things and people go to the gym every single day and they don't mention it. And then there's this thing where people start to do that and then all of a sudden they, they want to mention it every five seconds. So I'm conscious I don't want to be that guy. But yeah, for me, I think we can all look at ourselves and just think, can we be doing things better? Um, and it comes back to this self-reflection, self-analysis of the things that you do that aren't particularly healthy um, and seeing if you can make some some tweaks to that. Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see whether whether changing those things allows me to do my job better, um, more with more focus, with more patience maybe, um, and with more joy, mm -hmm. uh, with more joy because because I feel just internally better. Uh -huh. So yeah, that was that was that was that. Um, so I think that's a really good place to finish. Yeah. Um, th this has been something we've been wanting to do for a while. Just get on and do it. Um, and we've got so many things to catch up on, uh -huh. um, the awards night being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, stay tuned in. We're mindful at the moment that you guys, uh, the, the audience will be small, but we'll, we'll, we'll hope to bring a little bit more, you know, more value as we go along. We'll get some fantastic guests on as we've had, um, in the past, particularly through COVID, um, and hopefully give you a, a deeper insight into the behind the scenes stuff, not just here, but in the arts industry, um, you know, in its entirety. So see you soon. And thank you for listening.